This is Financially Free with Wellington Adams, featuring Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard from Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Baron and Simon provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Financially Free with Wellington Adams with your hosts, Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Financially Free with myself, Baron Fitzgerald, and Simon Hilliard from Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. If at any point during the show you'd like a little bit more information, please feel free to contact us at 855-793-2409 or visit us online at wellingtonadams.com. And while you're on the website, please also head on over to our radio page and you can check out any of our past shows there. Today's show is actually titled Retirement Account Mistakes Even Smart People Make. You know, this is not another show that's going to talk about how to save more, how to diversify or control your investment costs or um, ignoring the hot stock tip from your brother-in-law who just did time for some securities fraud. Well, you should probably definitely ignore that advice. Um, But today we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the traps created by some of the insanely complicated rules that surround IRAs, 401ks, and other retirement accounts. Traps that can snare not only smart investors, but also financial advisors, um, lawyers, accountants, and actually, yes, even the IRS itself. Back in 2014, a U.S. tax court judge ruled that a tax lawyer couldn't use an IRS publication in his defense because the IRS itself had misinterpreted a provision of the law relating to IRA rollovers. So that tells me that even the IRS is confused. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The, The sad fact is that a normal human being can know all, can't know all the rules, but taking a few minutes to acquaint yourself and become familiar with the more common mistakes can help keep you safe and out of the IRS's penalty zone. At this point, I'd like to welcome to our show, Mr. Tony Shore. How are you, Tony? I'm doing great. Yeah, great to be here this morning with you guys. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. Um, just exciting. Uh, this topic is interesting because... It sounds like a different slant than we're used to on the show, and I know you guys have a lot of different information, but what's the first retirement account mistake you have for us today, Baron? Well, Tony, the first one is claiming a hardship exception to the 10% penalty. You know, withdrawals taken from a traditional IRA or 401k before the age of 59 and a half are generally subject to not only ordinary income taxes, but also a 10% early withdrawal penalty on the taxable amount. There are actually 11 separate exceptions, though, that can get you out of that 10% extra hit. One common misconception, um, financial hardship, is also one of them. It isn't. While you may be allowed to take money from your 401k early for that reason, the taxable amount is still subject to the 10% hit as well as ordinary taxes. 
But I do want to go over the 11 uh, exceptions real briefly. The first one is taking back a Roth contribution. You put after-tax contributions into a Roth IRA, and after five years and age 59 and a half, all withdrawals at that point are tax-free. Ideally, you should let your Roth grow untouched for as long as you possibly can. And we also recommend this should be the account that probably should be a little bit more on the aggressive side because of all the tax benefits. But if you need cash, you can withdraw your initial Roth contributions, not the earnings, at any time for any reason without paying any tax or penalty. If you plan to use your Roth as an emergency fund, invest in something stable like a money market fund. Number two is tapping an inherited IRA. You can take money from an inherited IRA without penalty at any age. There's a widow's trap, however. If you inherit an IRA from a spouse, as opposed to, say, a parent, you're eligible to roll it into your own name. If you do so, however, you're going to lose the ability to take money out without penalty when you need it. So wait until you're 59 and a half to roll an IRA inherited from a spouse into your own name. Number three, pay for a higher education from an IRA. You can take an unlimited amount penalty-free from a pre-tax IRA, but not a 401k, to pay for college or graduate school tuition, books, and fees for yourself, a child, or even a grandchild. But if the student is in school for more than half time, IRA money can also be used for room and board. Number four, tap your IRA for your first home. This is another exception. You can take up to 10000 from a pre-tax IRA penalty-free to buy your first house. This provision doesn't apply to a 401k. Even if your company allows you to take a distribution from your down payment, you'll still be subject to the 10% penalty as well as any ordinary income taxes on the withdrawal. So if you're a young house hunter and you leave a job, roll your 401k into an IRA. Um, another tip as far as the exceptions go, borrowing from an IRA rollover. Now, this is a dangerous maneuver, but if you're sure that you only need cash for a few weeks, you can borrow from your IRA through a rollover. Once you take the money out of an IRA, you must get it back into the IRA or another IRA within 60 days. If you don't, the IRS is going to treat it as an early distribution and it's going to be subject to tax. And if you're, again, if you're younger than 59 and a half, the 10% penalty is going to apply. Number six, paying medical bills. You can take a distribution from an IRA or 401k penalty free to pay for certain medical expenses, but be careful. As of 2013, only expenses that exceed 10% of your adjusted gross income are eligible, and you must pay those expenses in the same year you take the distribution. In previous years, the expenses were in excess of 7.5% of the adjusted gross income, which was what was eligible. Those are some good ones so far, yeah. Baron, but I see you got a list of a few more. Actually, you're right, Simon. It is a long list. I apologize. But hey, anytime that you can have an exception to having to pay tax, we want to go through them. That's so, right. <laughs> number seven is paying for medical insurance. If you're unemployed, you can take uh, money penalty free from an IRA, but not a 401k to pay for health insurance. To qualify, you must be on unemployment insurance for at least 12 weeks, and you can't take the money out before. Uh, more than 60 days after getting a new job. Another exception is if you leave a job after age 55. If you leave a job in the calendar year that you turn 55 or older, you can withdraw funds from the 401k associated with that job without any penalty. This applies even if you've gotten a new job. 
So, but there's a warning though, if you roll the money into an IRA, then the IRA rules, which impose penalties until you're 59 and a half will apply. So if you get laid off at 55 and think you might need to tap your 401k to pay the rent, don't roll over your 401k into an IRA. The next one is taking regular IRA payouts. You can take substantially equal periodic payments from an IRA at any age for any purpose without penalty. Once you begin such payments, you must continue withdrawals for at least five years or until you're age 59 and a half, whichever is longer. The simplest method to calculate the payments is just to divide the IRA balance by your life expectancy. And if that produces more cash than you need, split up your IRA and take payments from just one part. The next one is borrowing money from your 401k. A lot of people do this. The law allows you to borrow up to 50,000 or half of your vested balance, whichever is less, from your 401k. Employers don't have to allow loans, but most big firms do. Um, The upside to it is that you don't owe taxes or penalties and you repay the money to yourself. The downside, if you leave your job, your ex-employer will likely demand quick repayment and if you can't, is going to treat the balance as an early distribution which will be subject to interest and penalties. And the last one is tell the IRS to levy me. This is kind of interesting. If you use money from your IRA or 401k to settle um, a back tax bill, you'll owe both income taxes as well as a 10% penalty on the withdrawal, assuming that you're not yet 59 and a half or permanently disabled. If, however, the IRS gets its money by levying your retirement account, you'll escape that 10% um, penalty. So go figure on that one. Yeah. So so that one's don't do it on your own. Let the IRS tell you you have to do it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Well, Simon, uh, do you have any uh, retirement account mistakes that uh, even smart people are making out there? Yeah, so Baron just highlighted a bunch of the exceptions of what you can do to get some money out of your retirement accounts without paying a penalty. So I just want to highlight a couple points in there about mistakes people make trying to attempt to do some of those things. One of them is he touched on the 60-day rollover period. So you're allowed to take money out of your IRA or when you're what they call kind of an indirect rollover is kind of is the uh, term for it. You take money out of your IRA to yourself and then reinvest it or from a 401k and reinvest it into an IRA. And there's situations sometimes where it's just easier to do that than dealing with the transfer process. Uh, So if you do that, you have that 60 day window, but it so happens all the time that people accidentally lose track of that 60 days, forget to roll it over, forget to put it back into the new retirement account, or there's some type of glitch when they're doing that with the paperwork or compliance and they don't get it done in time. And in that particular case, that money becomes taxable and can no longer be rolled over to the IRA. And then of course, if you're under 59 and a half, you can get a penalty on that as well. One of the things along with that that came out a couple years ago is the IRS got tired of keeping track of these indirect rollovers. So they said that you are limited to doing one per year. So that's for an indirect rollover, which often gets confused out there with people saying rollovers, meaning you take the funds again to yourself and then yourself turn around and reinvest that money. That's an indirect roller, not going directly from company to company. You're limited to one of those per year. So it used to be in the past that there were no limits. So people make the mistake all too often of saying, well, I'm just going to do that. It was easy to do. They do it again. Or for some reason, their financial representative uh, wants to work around. So they let them do that or mention to them to do that. 
But if you do too many, meaning more than one in a calendar year, they're not going to allow that and they can catch you for that. And then again, those funds won't be applied as a rollover, but rather as a distribution. And obviously, you know, if it's a large amount that can have a pretty big impact on your taxes and be a pretty big loss of a benefit uh, as opposed to just doing the direct rollover. The other thing that comes to mind when we're talking about some of these things is um, the accidental aspect of that. You know, all too often people fill out their paperwork themselves. They get a form saying, I want to roll over my 401k. They don't understand the difference accurately. And instead of taking the distribution as a rollover and keeping the same tax benefits built in, they may accidentally just take a cash distribution. I've had a couple people come in and say, oh, I've got the paperwork together. I've done it myself. And we've seen just that on the paperwork. And luckily, in many cases, we've caught it in time. But unfortunately, people have come in and done it on their own previously. And that's one of the complaints that they had now that they're looking for an advisor so that they don't make that same mistake twice. And it's easy to do. And one of the downsides of doing that is if you take a distribution directly to yourself from a 401k, they're going to automatically withhold 20% in taxes. You can then do the indirect rollover that we just talked about and put that into an IRA and avoid the big penalties, but that tax would have already been withheld. So for instance, if you're rolling over $100,000, 401k, they're going to take out $20,000 and withhold that for taxes, which means you end up with $80,000. You can roll that over indirectly and put it in your IRA. But what about the other $20,000? Unless you've got that sitting around in cash on your own that you can make up that difference, you're not going to get that money back until you file your tax return that following year. And you can end up having to carry that extra 20% out of pocket or, again, you end up getting taxed on that money as income and they lose the ability to roll that over. A lot of these things are penalties that can be avoided with good planning. Um, But in some cases, people make mistakes. And one of the other things that comes up is that the IRS oftentimes will provide some relief, will allow exceptions for some of these things. But people fail to take that option and make it available to themselves or fail to be aware of it and don't ask for that. And that's another big mistake that people make, understanding that, hey, people do make mistakes. Sometimes they get the wrong insight from their tax preparer, their financial representative, and then just fail to take that uh, step to file the correct forms, reach out to the IRS and see if they can get a workaround or get an exception made to that. Interesting. And so obviously there's a lot more than I thought there were as far as account mistakes that even smart people out there are making, but we do have to take a quick break here. Is there anything you want to add, Simon, before we take this break? Well, we just want to thank the listeners for tuning in today. Uh, We've got a lot of fun little tidbits of information to pass on for exceptions, uh, penalties, mistakes that people are making, even smart people. Um, In order to prevent that, one of the things that you can do is reach out to us. Uh, We're a fiduciary. We're an investment advisor. We do a lot on the planning aspect of things. And today we'll offer complimentary our compass report, the compass being the guide to your retirement you know, a compass helping you guide you through your retirement years. It's an income planning tool that we have that'll help outline your goals, needs, interests, um, help you outline that income goal. I'll give you a a roadmap for your retirement years. We'll do that complimentary for anybody that calls in and uh, mentions today's show. You can reach us at 855-793-2409 or through the website, wellingtonadams.com. All right. That sounds great. And listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more of Financially Free Radio with our hosts, Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard, after this. 
Do you feel like you need help navigating your retirement? Retirement can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. With our Retirement Income Toolkit, you can get the information you need to help secure your retirement. This toolkit provides valuable information on income planning, asset allocation, tax planning, legacy planning, and more. Receive your Retirement Toolkit from Wellington Adams Investment Advisory by visiting wellingtonadams.com or by calling us at 855-793-2409. And welcome back to Financially Free Radio. I am your co-host, Tony Shore, and I'm here with our hosts, Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard of Wellington Adams. And today we're talking about retirement account mistakes. And these are mistakes that even smart people out there are making. Um, They just don't know about them. And you've already covered quite a few. Uh, What's next on the list, Baron? Well, the next one, Tony, is making IRA contributions when you're not eligible. You know, folks who have 401ks or other savings plans at work can't contribute to a pre-tax IRA if they earn too much. There are income limits for Roth IRA contributions as well, although they're a little bit higher. Um, You can withdraw any excess contributions you weren't eligible to make by October 15th of the following year without penalty. If you don't act by then, you'll owe a penalty equal to 6% of the excess contribution per year, every year with no time limit, until you withdraw the money. So a nice little planning tip. Yeah, if you earn too much to contribute to a Roth, you can actually make an after-tax contribution to an IRA and then convert that contribution, which is called a backdoor Roth. Um, You know, step one, first you open up a traditional IRA. Um, The second step is you're going to convert it to a Roth IRA. It's a no-brainer if you have the cash to do it. So why go through all the hoops of getting money into the IRA, the Roth IRA? It's an amazing deal, especially for folks that are looking for long-term and accept, expecting higher tax rates in the future. Um, a Roth IRA also has other benefits. Their Medicare premiums are based on income. So by keeping your income down, you'll actually pay a lower premium. Um, there's one big caveat to the backdoor Roth. It's called the pro rata rule. When you calculate the taxes due on a conversion, you have to take into account all of your IRA assets, not just the new non-deductible IRA. And the next one, Tony, is putting the wrong gold in an IRA. You can't own collectibles in an IRA, but you can put gold in one, provided it's a certain type of gold and is in the possession of the IRA's trustee, not under your mattress or in your bomb shelter, um, IRAs can hold certain gold coins that are minted by the treasury and other bullion that meets the minimum requirements. But a simpler approach the IRS has approved would be to invest your IRA in a gold ETF. So gold is an, another area where people can make mistakes and something that they might want to look at doing. Uh, maybe not uh, avoiding that, but actually doing it. What's another thing, Simon? Obviously, what about a re- some of the rules involved, like required minimum distributions or turning 70 and a half. Yeah, Tony, before I jump into that, I was going to mention that a lot of people get concerned about the gold aspect and a lot of people that are holding gold want that physical asset and they get a little concerned about holding some of those things that Baron mentioned in ETF um, because they think that gold isn't really backed within it. But the uh, ETFs are required. Those funds are required to physically hold the gold behind the scenes and set that aside that you're buying within the fund. So there's big banks out there. Uh, one of the big ones is over in England and London, I believe. 
that are physically holding that gold and backing those th- those uh, individual shares that you're buying online. So you don't have to be so overly concerned or you should be aware that that money is actually there and protected and set aside in physical gold, even if it might not be in your own physical pos- uh, possession. But anyway, um, we'll move on to a couple other thoughts here as we switch gears a little bit to some other the other mistakes, obviously, that smart people are making. But some of it comes about in distributions, you know, as we get to age 70 and a half. And of course, that half is one of those wonderful IRS confusing topics, which often throws people off. When it comes to your retirement accounts, the IRAs, um, old 401ks, not an active 401k if you're still working at that point you have to start taking a distribution out. Now that does not apply to Roth accounts and it does not apply to a 401k that you're actively working and contributing to, but any old 401ks, any IRAs, money that you've rolled over, any IRAs that you've started, you have to start taking a distribution at that point. It's a calculation that the IRS has come up that's a specific percentage factor based on your age and it continues to increase the older you get after every year after age 70 and a half. But oftentimes we're just not in the habit of taking that. You know, you haven't, you've contributed your 401ks your entire life. You may have retired many years prior and just year over year, just watching the performance of them. And you may have forgotten or not even realized that you have to start taking a distribution. It's money that you've never paid tax on along the way. The IRS is allowing you to grow that tax deferred. And at some point, age 70 and a half, minimally, they're going to say, hey, we want to start getting some of those taxes out of you. And they make you start taking that out. So one of the mistakes that we see people making, unfortunately, is the fact that they've just either forgotten about it, they weren't aware of it, or they've missed it one year or another. Now, the IRS, if you become aware of that and you've missed that, if you take that distribution out as soon as possible, the IRS does have a provision where they can forgive the penalty. That penalty is 50%. So if you don't take the distribution, they're going to take half of it back from you. And all of that distribution is recorded as taxable income. So you get hit pretty heavily on there. But there is a waiver form that can be filed. And we actually had a woman come in who had just turned 71 and a half, I guess it would be. And she had missed that first year's distribution. And when we were doing a review with her, uh, I caught that, brought it to her attention. And she was really concerned about how big of a distribution, how big the penalty would be. And I reached out to an accountant, did some reading online. And there's several sources that say how flexible the IRS is in forgiving that penalty as long as you catch it, as long as you tell them and make them aware of it and then take that distribution, have the taxes withheld as quickly as possible. Uh, another mistake along the lines of the distribution is sometimes people don't, aren't aware, they start getting the forms that tell them about the distribution that they're required to take from the investments that they're holding, but maybe confuse or combine that with their spouses. An IRA is an individual retirement account, meaning it's individual and specific to you. You can't take a distribution from a spouse's to offset your own. You can take a distribution from one of your IRAs that meets the uh, obligation for all of them, meaning if you've got multiple IRA accounts and different investments and some of them are more suited to take a distribution for income rather than some of them being for long-term growth, you can take a distribution from just one account as long as it meets the total amount for all the accounts, but make sure that you're doing it properly, you're adding up the accounts, you're not making a mistake there and you're not overlooking uh, one of the accounts. And that's a good reason to consolidate to have a plan in place, to work with a professional who understands that and is, has your back making those calculations and double checking what you're doing on that end of things, Tony. Right. And I think that's really important. Now, Baron, uh, obviously there are mistakes uh, that people are making out there with their accounts regarding 
what's going to happen to them after they're gone or passing them along. Is that correct? Um, absolutely, Tony. Actually, with a growing share of families' assets and retirement accounts, mistakes made while passing them on are a really big deal. Um, for example, leaving your ex on an IRA beneficiary form is one that sometimes happens. The beneficiary form on file with your IRA custodian, not your will, determines who's going to get your IRA. So if you want to make sure that your ex-spouse or you know the kid who never calls you doesn't inherit your IRA, Take them off of the beneficiary form as well as out of your will. Um, another one is naming your estate as an IRA beneficiary. An IRA left to an estate must generally be drained within five years. So name individuals as the beneficiaries and they can stretch it out over withdrawals over their own lifespan, which will gain decades of extra tax deferral. Um, there's actually a new bill that's being discussed in Congress right now called the Setting Up Community Up for Retirement Enhancement Act. It's called the SECURE Act. Um, this is a multifaceted and bipartisan plan that's going to likely pass in the near future. And as of right now, once you reach age 70 and a half, as Simon was mentioning before, you can no longer contribute to your traditional IRA. But this is pretty much an archaic provision, um, especially when life expectancies are getting longer and longer. Um, under the SECURE Act, those who are fully capable of working into their 70s can do so while continuing to contribute to their retirement account, which can potentially you know, be on a tax-deductible basis. Um, also, one thing that they're going to look at is making the requirement of distribution age go up to anywhere between 72 to 75 in response to that increasing life expectancy. Um, Another thing that I wanted to point out that's actually a real negative to the SECURE Act is the um, one of the provisions in it is going to eliminate the stretch IRA rules for non-spousal beneficiaries. The changes are going to require you to pull out 100% of what you've inherited within 10-year period of time. So we're not really sure what's going to happen as far as those rules are concerned. I mean, hopefully at the very least they come to some sort of compromise and maybe stretch it out over a 20-year period of time. But that, that really is one of the negatives to uh, that new SECURE Act that most likely is going to pass. It's good to know about these things, but we're out of time for today's show. Is there anything else you want to add for our listeners before we go today? Well, once again, we want to thank the listeners for tuning in with us today. There's a lot of fun topic points there as far as mistakes that people make, exceptions and rules and things to be aware of. As Baron mentioned to you, it's a good reason to work with a financial advisor that understands these things and can double check what's going on and has a team in place to help you um, avoid those types of errors. As you know, some of them can be costly mistakes. As we mentioned earlier, we will do a complimentary income plan for the listeners today if they want to reach out to us. Our Compass Report helps outline and give you a guide through your retirement years, plan and prepare for some of these things that we've talked about and help avoid some of the hurdles that are in there. Give us a call at 855-793-2409 or reach us online at wellingtonadams.com. Thank you for listening to Financially Free with Wellington Adams. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Baron Fitzgerald and Simon Hilliard at Wellington Adams Investment Advisory. Call 855-793-2409. 
or visit them online at wellingtonadams.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Baron Fitzgerald, Simon Hilliard, and Wellington Adams Investment Advisory are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.